Hello, my friends, and welcome back to the Fearless Questions podcast, where we follow our questions to freedom. I'm your host, Jeff Blackburn, and today I'm coming to you uh, just to share a little bit what's on my heart. We're coming off of a, of a busy, kind of crazy weekend. We had the inauguration of a new president, and just the day after that, we we got to see um, large amounts of protests and marches going on around the world and here in the States. And, um, you know, depending on who you are and where you're coming from, this weekend could have been all kinds of different feelings. For some of one political bent, it was a celebration. For another group of people, it was a devastating experience and a terribly sad experience. Followed up the day after by a, a massive number of people marching in protest together. Um, and for all different reasons, frankly, there was there was some commonality to it, obviously, but just a so many different things, um, you know, being being protested. Um, you've got one second, you've got women with daughters standing and marching um, in solidarity with other women um, for equal rights and for um, to battle against um, misogyny and um, so many different, just so many different inequalities that um, seem so just and, and right. Um, you have some people that were doing speeches at the event center saying we're here for revolution of love and telling everyone to F off. So you kind of had that whole range of people there. And, um, it was one of those deals where, um, so many good things happening and, you know, you have the occasional kind of not, not as, um, exciting for some, but maybe important still. Um, but what struck me in all of that was this sense that, um, I was a little bit lost. I felt on my own in my own personhood. Now, take this for what it's worth, because I'm I'm a white male from the middle of America, and so there's certain things that come along with that. Certain things that seem natural to me that are not natural for others. Certain privileges that I do have that are not afforded others, and so certainly in in everything that was happening this last weekend, um, it was certainly a time to listen and and learn um, from other people's experiences. And yet beyond that, I think what I wanted to sort of talk about for a second was this sense of, of feeling lost in the mix. Um, so often there is this increasing propensity for people to fall into a either or category, very dualistic thinking. And as I've probably mentioned some before, I find myself these days not conservative enough for my conservative friends and and often enough not activist enough for some of my more liberal friends and and frankly I'm just all over the board depending on the the subject and and that can leave me feeling sometimes uh, like a sojourner without a home without a tribe of people and yet I know there's plenty of others out there that that resonate with that where you you're not against one group or for one and not the others just we're all about humanity and wanting to love our neighbors and and those that are around us, whether they be the same or different as us. And so um, really I'm speaking to everybody, but I just want to acknowledge those folks. And, you know, one of the things that I did hear talked about quite a bit, um, we heard a lot about bullies this last weekend um, in the midst of all this, particularly in the political sense, but, but in the real sense. And there was, just to move past that, there's a deeper story about bullies that 
um, I think resonates with all of us. It's one of the reasons that uh, it offends our souls so much when we see it, whether it be in, you know, elementary school all the way up to the to the tops of of society, um, that it offends us, and I think rightfully so. But I think there's something that we actually are getting bullied quite often without knowing it, and I just want to bring a little attention to that today, and I want to do that by by uh, actually telling you a bit of a, I don't know if it's a love story, but maybe it's a bit of a love story. Um, it's something I think that we're in the middle of that we're just not aware of. And that's, so what I want to do to share that with you is sort of touch on an old movie that many of you might have seen. If you haven't, you can go check it out, probably at your library at this point. It's called August Rush. It's probably, I don't know, maybe nine or 10 years old at this point, maybe, maybe more. But it's just the story of a of a young man that, that was orphaned at a young age, um, and he lived in foster care uh, or group home type situations, and he was he was passionate about trying to find his parents, um, and it's just this very cool. Now I'm gonna totally uh, mess up the plot and such, and so hopefully the director's not listening and won't be concerned by this. But when I hear this, when I saw this movie for the first time. It's just very powerful and it's always stuck with me because there's just some deep truth to it that I'm sure that I'm quite certain that the authors didn't realize quite what they were what they were um, mimicking, I think. But um, there's just a picture here of something very powerful. Um, so this this character's name, Evan Taylor, is the name of this boy. He gets um, he gets put into the foster care system, and at some point. He, he gets asked all these questions that I just think are really profound. And one of the things that he asks at some point when he's maybe, you know, I think maybe he's 11 years old or something like that, is people say, you know, you have a family. He says, I want to, I want to be found. You know, they say, what do you want in all the world? What is the one thing that you really want? And he said, his easy answer is just to be found. And, you know, the, the they just kind of look back at him and it's like, what? They just kind of brushed past it. No, 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 no. What do you really, really want? And the inference was that, um, hey, don't, isn't what you really want to, is to have great success, is to have tremendous, you know, finance and material, material goods. And, uh, and this little guy was like, no, I just want to be found. I want my parents to find me. I want to know who I am and be connected to those that I'm loved, loved by. At one point in the show, he, Early on, he decides if his parents can't find him, he's going to go looking for his parents. And so he, he runs away, and, and he runs into a street performer, another, another kid on the street, who they lead him to uh, the character Wizard, played by Robin Williams, is, who's this guy that sort of oversees all these street-performing children and has a business around it. And it turns out Evan is a music prodigy. Um, both his parents were musicians, and, and they're split up in the show. They don't even know... Um, the father doesn't even know that the kid is out there. Um, but as Evan's going along, there's this beautiful thing happening where he's on this journey where he's just searching and he's searching everywhere and everybody keeps telling him which way to go. But the one thing that this, that Evan seems to know, and he's given a new name, they give him the name August, August Rush, because it sounds cooler. It's more of a band title and, um, and this might be more inspiring as a, as a musical art, um, as a musical title, I suppose. Um, but one of the things that you begin to see is that the only thing he knows to do is to put his music out into the world 
in effort that if he sings it out, his parents might hear him. And if his parents hear him, um, then they might be able to find him. That's his hope. And so he just starts playing. He starts playing the guitar. He starts singing. Actually, I don't know if he... No, I guess he doesn't sing. He just plays. But he, he's playing his guitar for everyone. And it's, he's amazing at it. And it's beautiful. And he puts it down to the world. And he's celebrated. And all of a sudden, people start coming alongside of him, trying to make money off of him. And that's the direction others are headed. But the whole time, his core desire is just... I want to be found. I want to find my parents. I want to know where they are. I want them to know where I am. And it's it's quite um, you know it's a it's an emotional journey. It's it's fun and all this, but it's also very painful to watch somebody living outside of what they were made for. Now I say all this to make the parallel back to what I was talking about earlier in that. Today in society, someone even like myself that's, you know, I have all the privilege in the world. I have a good education. I have good experiences, good family. I have a lot going for me um, that I've not earned. It's been given. I've been given those opportunities. And yet even in those circumstances, um, we can feel like orphans. We can feel, um, we can feel disconnected. Um, from the people around us that we were that we were made for um you know it's possible that some of some of you might feel orphaned you know you might feel some of you might have been orphaned from your family of origin but for others you might feel orphaned from a community of faith that you no longer connect to or or you feel orphaned from a a local community that you used to belong to that for whatever reason, something that happened to you or something that happened to others that that tore away maybe a loss of a job or um, you had to move to a community you weren't connected to and where you just feel out of sorts, where you don't feel like you belong. Like it's not that no one knows who you are, but you don't feel like they know you, like they, they haven't connected. You don't feel heard. You don't feel like you belong um, and that you're just sort of out there. When we get in those circumstances, I think it's really critical to be aware that there is an enemy of our souls. And I don't, I'm not sure exactly how to say that apart from there is an enemy of your soul. There is an adversary, but it's not, it's not that person um, across the street from you. Your enemy is not the person that is marching for something that you don't agree with. Your enemy is not... Um, someone in political office or or your boss that is just completely unfair. There may be reasonable things and things, unreasonable things that have been done to you and unreasonable or inappropriate things that are worth standing up against. That's not my point. My point is that they're still not your enemies. But there is an enemy of your soul. And I wanted one of the tactics of the enemy of our soul is this idea of being bullied. That the enemy of our soul comes in and and tells us stuff about ourselves that's not true. Um, he lies to us, um, and he makes us believe things that just aren't true. So, in the movie, um, and just to, if if you've seen it, then this will make more sense than if you haven't. But when it comes to so, for instance, the father in the movie, um, he's being lied to as well. The accusations for him come from family members, his own brothers. He's chasing down this girl he loves and. They say, hey, you're no prince. He says, you know, hey, isn't the prince supposed to be in the car with the girl? And 
and you, you know, basically he's like, since you're not, since you didn't get the girl, you're no prince. Therefore, you're not as great of a guy as you were hoping. Um, the father's a singer himself, and he used to sing and put his voice out into the world. But when he lost the love of his life, he lost hope and he lost motivation. He said, what's the point of singing if she can't hear me? So there's this lie that came at him that your voice doesn't matter. Um, it doesn't matter because no one's listening. The mother in the in the movie, she was a musician herself. Um, and, you know, she was teaching music, but she didn't play anymore, even though she was tremendous at it. And her friend says, you know, hey, <laughs> you're the only music teacher I know that's not actually a part of playing music and doing what you love. Um, and she's just, the accusations against her basically is this idea that that you've wasted your chances. You had your chance, but then it was lost. Then you got pregnant, you had this kid, and to her knowledge, the kid had passed away, even though he really hadn't. She thought he was dead. Um, and she just thought life was over. She had lost hope. She thought that her dream was over. She thought that her music no longer mattered. And so she was living in isolation, just like the dad was living in isolation. Um, to Evan, the, the guy, like I said, he wanted to know who he was. He wanted to believe that he was loved and he was made for something special. But when the enemy came to him, um, basically it came in the form of, you owe me. This wizard guy would talk to him and he'd say, you owe me. Um, you're going to sing when I say sing. You stop when I say stop. And in August, Evan in the movie just says, no, I want to sing for my parents. I, I need to get my voice out there. And this guy just keeps shutting him down and shutting him down. Well, eventually, Evan, just for the sake of the story, eventually Evan breaks free from the wizard and gets gets found and shows up in the Juilliard School. And he's celebrated and his gifts are being exercised and he's creating beautiful art. And it's wonderful. He's found his people. He's found his spot where his gifts are celebrated. But then we get towards the end of the movie and... Um, one of the things that August is afraid of is if somebody knew that his real name was Evan, that they would return him to the foster system and he would never actually be able to find his parents. So that's his great fear that he will get shut down from his dream of finding his family. Well, he's getting ready to do this giant concert um, in uh, you know, Central Park in New York City uh, on behalf of Juilliard is putting on a show. But at the, one of the last rehearsals, Wizard, the, the guy off the street, comes in acting as if he's Evan's dad. He knows that Evan has not found his parents yet. And he comes in and he says, I'm I'm Evan's father and I'm ready to take him out of here. You guys are ruining him. All the stuff you're doing here is messing him up. This is not real art. You guys are like trying to force him into this systematic way of thinking. He's better than that, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And Evan says, I don't want to leave. I like it here. I like these people. And Evan not really Evan's father, but Wizard, the Robin Williams character, says, it's time to go. And then the the director of the orchestra looks to Evan. He says, August, is this really your father? Because he's just incre incredulous that this guy would want to take August away from this amazing opportunity. He says, August, is this really your father? And you can see it in August's face where he wants to say that this is not my dad. I want to be here. I'm afraid of this guy, but I can't vocalize my fear. And you can see that he's almost ready to say, no, this isn't my dad. When the Robin Williams character comes closer to him and he whispers to them where no one else can hear. And he says, I know your real name, Evan. And he says it 
and he's whispering it to him really sinister like and it's this quiet accusation to this boy that says I know who you really are and if you don't do what I say I'm going to expose you to everyone else I'm gonna expose expose you for the fraud that you are and so you know you can imagine an 11 or 12 year old boy just being you know bullied by this adult saying I know the real you and it's the idea being that the real you is dangerous the real you is not enough the real you is going to ruin everybody else's lives basically and so don't make me expose you for what I'm telling you you are so Evan Evan complies and he says he sort of without exactly saying it says yeah he's taught me everything I know and he walks away from what he loved and what he was good at now I just want uh, one of the things that came from that is I want you to know that that's the same way the enemy works in your life. That the enemy of your soul is going to come to you and say, it's going to be a whisper too, and he's going to say, you're not good enough. You're not pretty enough. You know, you've done things that will forever scar the way God sees you or scar the way other people see you. If I told you that if I told them the truth about you, they wouldn't still love you. You know, and that really is the deep fear that so many of us carry is that we have this accusation come come against us that says, if someone really knew me, they wouldn't still love me. And and it's something that the enemy uses against you. Um, you know, you'll notice that the enemy usually tells you good and bad things together because it makes it more believable. So the enemy will always use some like some everyday facts that that actually are true so that it makes the accusations seem true um, and if you ever doubt that people that everyone's getting that this is happening to everybody no matter where you're at in life I don't care if you're super successful or or not successful in the world's eyes next time you talk to somebody and you just tell them how great they are man you are really something I mean you I just love you I love being around you I love your gifts and your personality and watch how they react. Watch how fast they start to tell you that, oh, not really, not really. And there's this, it, it sort of comes off as, as humility, and they want it to be humility. But if you're paying attention, more often than not, there's almost like you see this active thing where someone's saying, no, I'm not good, I'm not good. Because what they're operating from is this belief that I'm not enough, that I'm not good, I'm not good, I'm not. And don't even lie to me. If you really knew me, you wouldn't say those things. It takes a very mature person that knows who they are to be able to say, thank you, I, re I appreciate that. To be able to receive a compliment and not make you proud, but just to be able to receive it is not, is not pride. It's just somebody that's not, that is over believing the lie that they're not good and that they don't have something to offer the world. Um, and so I, I suppose I say all that at the, at the end of the movie, I just, to wrap up that part of the story, um, at the end of the movie, um, Evan does go ahead and gets to perform, and he performs publicly. And at this public performance, the noise actually is this beautiful end of the story where his father follows the noise of the show, trying to find his mother, and the mother hears the music in the park, and they all come together, and at the same time, all find each other. And it's just like this beautiful kind of bow to the relationship that they find the people they were made for, and um, the parents, the, the child, the whole deal. Um, and what I just wanted to say to you today is that keep keep making your music. 
and I'm, I'm speaking especially to those people that when you're looking at the circumstances of life in the world right now, that, that um, you, feel, you feel orphaned. You don't feel like you have a home. Um, there's people around you, but you don't feel safe um, because you feel like you're going to be exposed. Your doubts, your, your insecurities, they're going to be exposed somehow and leave you on the outside looking in. And what I want to tell you is, is that you were made to make your music. You were made to have your voice be heard. Um, you were made by love and for love and that uh, the world needs to hear you. Um, I need to hear you. Um, and so don't quit speaking. Don't quit, um, don't quit making your art. Don't quit loving people the best way you know how. Um, and don't quit, don't stop listening to other people. Um, you know, the, the one thing else I would say is that when it comes to this bully thing, um, there's also people in relationships that we begin to believe this lie that this other person is the reason that we're not okay. And I think that happens whether it be in a good marriage or in society, this idea that really what happens is we stop trusting the other person's heart and we start to believe that everything, once you stop trusting somebody else's heart, then no matter what else happens, we always begin to frame it in the narrative of this person is against me that they're no longer our brother or sister or spouse um, or loved ones. This, they become somebody who is trying to undermine me. Um, but when we know, but when we know that we're actually okay, when we know that we're made, um, made by God to be loved and to love others and that our identity is not at risk. Um, and we trust, we begin to trust that other people are on our team. Like whether they're acting that way or not, that they really are, on our same team, then it gives us space to listen without feeling attacked. Um, it gives us space to learn something about the way somebody does or believes something different than us without becoming bitter over it because our way of life is not, is not um, who we are is not at risk just because we learned something from somebody else. And so I, I guess I'd kind of finish up with that. I'd ask that you would consider um, Living more freely with other people, living in such a way that you listen. Um, if somebody feels like they've been wronged, that you hear them out and that you not minimize it right away, as hard as that might be. And that you try and say, try and find the truth in what they're saying. Um, not try to fix them, not try to, um, but just to, to hear them out and love them as they are. Um, and then to keep your voice going. Don't be bullied by the enemy of your soul. Um, and don't be suckered into the, the national conversations that pit us against them. It, it's never that. It's never us and them. We're all in this together. Um, don't believe the enemy that says it's, it's otherwise. Even if you disagree, you can disagree and still love somebody. No one can stop you from loving them. Love is always freely given. It's always their choice if they receive it, but it's always freely given. So, friends... Maybe a strange topic, but just coming off this weekend with the, I don't know, with the presidential stuff and the marching and, and just such high emotions, I just want to remind us all today that there, there is definitely something going on, but it's usually deeper. And there's usually, there really is an enemy, but it's an enemy that's not your neighbor. It's actually an enemy of your soul. And um, don't believe the lie. Don't believe the lie that, and don't be bullied. Um, by that voice that says you're not enough, that um, that you're not okay. You are fully known by God. You are fully loved by God. 
and nothing you can do would ever change that and nothing anyone else could do could ever change that for them either so let's live loved and um, if you are one of those people that feels orphaned or um, you know without a home or without a safe place to talk about your questions or or where you're at I encourage you to talk to someone find uh, if you can't find someone to take that chance with locally uh, maybe find a counselor or um, somebody of that nature that you could check in with and just have a conversation with or um, feel free to contact me too um, or if you just want to yell at me and tell me that uh, my my views of the world are making you angry that's okay too <laughs> I'm happy to listen um, but if you are if you're somebody who doesn't uh, doesn't know who to talk to and just wants to feel like you're not alone I want you to know that you're not alone um, and that there's people here to uh, to walk out life with you and and alongside you and that um, and that you are loved so well friends thank you for listening and um, additionally just so you know um, looking forward to these next few weeks we're gonna have a number of additional interviews coming up with um, some great authors with some uh, some sports figures, um, some national sports figures that you'd recognize. That I think you'll enjoy hearing about their faith journey. Uh, we're going to touch on some. We'll touch on issues like healthcare, believe it or not, and I think you'll find it very fascinating and and all kinds of things. But just we're going to continue to jump into those questions. That, uh, like we say, um, fear has a way of pushing love out, but uh, but love always drives fear away, and we want to live a life of love so that we can live freely and without fear. My friends, be blessed today, and we will talk with you soon.